welcome everyone to Films with the Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is my girlfriend, Nicole. Hello, everyone. And tonight, we will be reviewing Shazam. Uh, Shazam is a new comedy superhero movie out in theaters right now. Uh, it's by the DC Universe, so the not the not DC. is good. Yeah, so everyone loves their Marvel films, and their you know their. There's a Marvel selective films. few that have have that have chosen DC instead. Can you think of one DC movie you've ever seen? I, I a lot of times ask. Yeah, the- I saw the one. I saw the one with Bane, the Batman one with Bane, <laughs> and I saw the one. The Batman one with the Joker, with Heath Ledger, R.I.P. So, I have seen a few, thank you. So, the Dark yeah, the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. And actually, those are the last two DC movies I've seen. I have not seen anything since they started trying to compete with Marvel with the universe. I what else has been out since then? Well, so, since... So, their first foray into trying to create their own universe was a Superman, Superman movie, Man of Steel... Um, and then they also made Batman v Superman, uh, Aquaman's part of that universe, Justice League they made, Wonder Woman's part of that universe. I have not seen oh, any of those movies. Yeah, I saw Squad. Wonder Woman. That was shit. And then I saw Suicide Squad. Really? You didn't shit. like Wonder Woman? So, most people, well, Suicide no, Squad, most people agree know, with shit. But. I, I'm so about female power, but that movie was so boring. So You did see Captain Marvel. Is Captain Marvel better than Wonder Woman in your opinion? Yes. 100%. Interesting. I think that Gal Gadot is probably one of the most beautiful women on this planet, but that movie was just so terrible. It just really brought me down. Well, before we get too much hate from all of the people who like <laughs> DC movies, by basically shitting on it for the first uh, you know, two, two minutes, uh, I'm going to go over the plot summary of Shazam. Uh, we all have a superhero inside us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out, and in Billy Batson's case, played by Asher Angel, uh, it's by shouting one word, Shazam! This streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero Shazam, played by Zachary Levi, courtesy of an ancient wizard. Still a kid at heart, inside a ripped, godlike body, Shazam revels in this adult version of himself by doing what any teen would do with superpowers. Have fun with him. Shazam sets out to test the limits of his abilities with the joyful recklessness of a child, but he'll need to master these powers quickly in order to fight the deadly forces of evil controlled by Dr. Thaddeus Sivana, played by Mark Strong. So that's that is your plot of Shazam. That that about sum it up. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Um, if I could tell somebody about this movie, it would pretty much be that. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more definitely going on with um, the other foster kids that we meet along the way. Uh, before we get into that, this is a movie directed by David F. Sandberg. This is his third uh, feature film. He directed the horror movie Lights Out, and he also directed the spinoff of Annabelle, Annabelle Creation. Uh, so two horror movies prior to Shazam, which I wouldn't have guessed. This is not in any way a horror film. This is pure action comedy. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot different. So uh, before we go any further, uh, if you haven't seen Shazam, it's out pretty wide right now. It's probably the biggest release this week. Um and yeah, we're about to spoil everything about it, and there's a good amount to spoil in this one. So uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, so what we do here at Films with the Women in My Life is we review things on four criteria, and those are the plot, 
the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the film. So, starting with the plot, Nicole, what did you think of the plot of Shazam? Okay, so I'm not one to particularly, excuse me, particularly (laughs) care for a superhero movie, but this was so different than any other superhero movie I've seen that I have to give this plot a four. I thought it was so endearing, really like catching to a bunch of audience, different audiences. Um, I was engaged the whole time. I laughed the whole time. Like if they, they made this a comedy yet still gave the idea of what they were going for. So I really appreciated this movie. I thought it was great. The plot is that this foster kid gets sucked into this realm that many people have been sucked into before since the seventies. Like that's where we begin is in the seventies. I think it's been really for a really long time, but yeah, the first, yeah, the first movie gets in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go, go on. There's this wizard that's trying to find the most wholesome being human being to take over his role. And they finally find it in this young kid who's been in and out of foster homes, running away, doesn't have a family. And to be able to give this kid so much power and so much energy and to make him feel so engaged in his life, like, I was so into it. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was great the way that they had him interact with other family members of this foster family he was in and to be able to be his own person, like, uh, and, and to turn into Zachary Levi, which we'll get into later, but uh, him being able to be his own thing and to gather the uh, feelings from other foster family members. I just, it was so great. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm agreeing with you here. I think this is a, for me, it's a, also a four for the plot. It's um, a little bit conventional at times, but it's done really well. There are a few... um, There's a big thing at the end I didn't see coming. We'll get to at the end of the movie. But, um, you know, it's it's pretty conventional, but it's done really well. So it's, you know, it's not a... It doesn't fall into the pratfalls or that. So I'll I'll start how the movie starts. We start in kind of a flashback, uh, kind of a prequel to the whole thing, a prologue. Um, We start in 1974 uh, and a little kid with glasses getting tormented by his older brother and his dad and they're driving to see family um and they're kind of poking fun at him he's rolling this magic eight ball around to because he wants you know to not be a little wimp um that's uh, this this is thaddeus and um he is the first one we see get transported to this other realm where this old the old wizard Nicole talked about played by jamon uh how do you say his name? Jamon Hansu. Yeah, uh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, Jam- yeah, Jamon Hansu, uh, who is this really old wizard, um, and yeah, he's looking for the pure at heart. Um, his the enemies, which we haven't talked about yet, are the seven deadly sins. Okay, uh, there's my there's my downfall of this plot. Like, I don't know how many particular movies we could ever go through in life with the seven deadly sins as the main focal point. So that kind of threw me off a little bit. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I would like something different, I guess I could say. Yeah, I don't know if this is based off a comic or not, if the Seven Deadly Sins played a part in that. I I wouldn't have a problem with it if they had been able to make it 
completely conform to the whole thing they were doing and make every seven because that's a task like the movie seven that's a movie that makes every seven deadly sin feel well, like, they do it well yeah this this completely lacks i but four of them like it was just really yeah, kind of thrown in it, there. it only highlights about half of them and the other ones are just kind of like and uh i will admit so uh, so these seven deadly sins are they're personified by these at the beginning these statues that are like kind of beast demon looking they're all they got like horns and they're kind of humanoid but they have glowing red eyes and they got like fangs and um they're trying to convince all of the people who shazam brings to the wizard castle lair whatever uh they're trying the 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 sins are trying to convince them to grab this ball of energy that will unleash the seven deadly sins and use the user as like a host kind of so shazam's plan is oh i'll I'll have him be tempted by the captured seven deadly sins and if they fall victim to one of them or however it works then they're not worthy and i will not give them my shazam powers um isn't shazam a movie with like sinbad the entertainer in it isn't that's a whole big meme No, so that's part of your favorite thing, the Mandela Effect. There is no movie called Shazam with Sinbad. I don't know if you meant to do that. We've been drinking all day, by the way, uh, listeners. Uh, This is the drunkest we've ever done a review. We were sober when seeing it, but now we're trying to recall everything. No, Shazam is not... uh, It's... You're thinking of Kazam with... Shaq. Uh, stop, stop. No, Shaq was never in it. It's Sinbad the Entertainer. No, sh- no Shaq, Shaq is in a movie called Kazam, oh where he's God. a genie that grants wishes oh. to kids. But a lot of people remember Sinbad being in a movie called Shazam, where he's a genie granting wishes to kids. But that's not the case. It's it's ne- that's never been a movie. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah, I so think... that's a nice uh, example of. Uh, uh, the Mandela effect. That's such I, don't, a thing. I don't even want to talk about that. That's that's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. Talk about the Mandela effect in this. This is. I'm sure that's probably come up because you know a lot of people are, think probably it's have thought of that. It's playing with people's emotions. I think that's why they did that. They titled it this because well, people already have like no, the character, emotions. The character was well. The character was actually. Do you know the original character's name before the character was called Gazam in the comics? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just seeing. Uh, Kazam was originally called Captain Marvel. Shut up! I'm not kidding. Captain Marvel was too, originally this is too Shazam. Much handle. DC made Captain Marvel, and then there were rights issues, and Marvel got in the end the name Captain Marvel. Whoa. I know it sounds stupid, but that. <laughs> I know it Captain sounds Marvel. stupid, but that's that's really how it went down. Oh so they God. renamed their character Captain Marvel to Shazam, and here we are. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the the first kid gets sent away. We fast forward to the future where we meet Billy Batson, who is our protagonist, uh, 14-year-old kid. His whole, like, side plot is that he's looking for his birth mother. We see a flashback of them at a county fair. He gets separated from her with a little, what was it, like a little totem, a little uh, compass. It's a little and, compass, and, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, oh, find, find your way to me. And, uh, and uh, he, you know, he gets lost, and this whole first bit is him searching 
Um, he runs away from his other foster parents. He gets these new foster parents who have... Oh, and the thing that we appreciate about this is that I don't know how many people know this, but we are from the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area, and this is set in Philadelphia, so this kind of tugs at our heartstrings throughout this whole movie. So. I don't know if tugs at the heartstrings exactly. <laughs> it does but for we, me. <laughs> but we, well, we recognize, like, oh, they're on the Rocky Steps, and oh, like, I've been to that corner of wherever and wherever, and oh, those right. do seem like people in Philly. <laughs> Septa looked a little clean. The uh, the oh, subway too clean. Looked a, looked a little clean for. There was no guy to. jerking off in the like the third row of the yeah. septa. <laughs> Although I did, I did appreciate. So um, okay, so uh, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so he he gets put in this new foster family, and we meet all of the other foster children. Um, the main one is uh, Freddie Freeman, played by Jack Dylan Grazer. Uh, and he, for people who don't know the name, uh, he was Eddie in the recent It movie, who is like the germaphobic guy who's freaked out by like the leper, and um, that's that's him. So he he plays like this talkative, smart mouth, uh, loves superheroes, I guess, foil to our protagonist, uh, Zach, uh, or sorry, not Zach, uh, Billy. Um, he looks then, like he's been in things for 20 years. <laughs> His face is so familiar. Except he's, I think, 15. Yes. So that's not <laughs> quite possible. But I, I know him from it. I don't know what else. Yeah, he looks like he looks like someone who, you know, that the annoying side character who you kind of like for some reason. Um, and uh, you meet the other the other siblings. There's the youngest uh, daughter, the youngest sister. Um, Darla, and she is super talkative and really wants to be in everyone's business, but is also very loving and wants to welcome him immediately. She immediately calls him, like, his brother, even though they're just meeting. Like, she, she's clearly, like, uh, I don't know, how, how do you put that? Like, the friendliest of the, of, the, of the foster kids. Oh, she's so welcoming. She just wants him to feel included and just loves that the fact that he is even here to be her other brother. Yeah, and then you get uh, Mary, who's the oldest sister. She's about to go off to college. She's smart. She's kind of like the, I don't know, the leader of the kids de facto before Billy gets there. Um, but, and the, uh, we don't get a whole lot of her. And then everyone, yeah, the other kids you don't get as much. We get um, Eugene, who is the little Asian kid playing video games the whole time. Uh, and he's pretty funny. I like him. Uh, uh, we get Pedro, who is the sh- like he's like a shy, really overweight kid who doesn't interact with anyone else. But they all play their respective role in this, especially when you get towards the end. Um, you yeah. know, nobody nobody is left behind in this movie. No, the way they wrap, and that's something I, I didn't see coming. When we'll get to that towards the end, um, how they how the whole family plays in and what I liked and didn't liked about that. Um, but so we've pretty much introduced all our principal characters. The only other one is the main antagonist, Mark Strong, who plays Dr. Thaddeus Savannah. We learned pretty early on, he was the kid in the flashback who got turned away by Shazam for not being worthy. And, um, he has been dedicating his life to trying to find other people who have been taken there and use this information to get back there and to, I don't know, get his revenge on the wizard. Well, he wants um, to know why this particular person was chosen as like the wholesome, all loving person and why he was the antagonist of this, why nobody ever loved him. 
Right, because his father's mean to him, his um, his brother's mean to him. We find out in like their in that flashback that the father like broke his legs permanently after a car crash because he distracted them when he was like, "Oh no, take me back to the Shazam world." All with and, the uh, magic eight ball, which I loved. I love that they use that as the yeah. Instrument the magic eight ball of, was a cool yeah. little thing, and you think it's and you think it's um shazam's work but it's actually the seven deadly sins uh so he when he gets back there he uh frees the seven deadly sins because shazam is all old and weak the uh the wizard and uh they turn they are like smoke creatures that fill him up and then throw the little ball of energy into his eye and now he has an eye energy ball and he becomes our main antagonist uh, and that's pretty much all your principal characters. Uh, as far as the characters go on a scale from one to five, what do you think you'd rate these characters? Um, I think I give these characters like a like a three and a half to a four. What is it? Three point seven five. Okay. Um, oh, we're getting real. We're getting real. Three point seven five. I really liked um, the character of uh, Shazam, Zachary Levi, and the child uh, Billy that he plays. I think that they were both were really excellent in the way that they portrayed themselves. I thought that the, um, the, the, if you want to quote unquote brother, uh, of him, the Freddie, I thought he was great too. He was so into everything that was going on. Uh, he was so supportive of what was happening. Even when one of my scenes that I really appreciated was when he was washing dishes and Billy was missing. This is when he first turned into Shazam. And Shazam comes up to the window. He's like, shut up. Don't say anything. And Freddie throws off his parents so that he can go out and learn what the hell's going on. I really enjoyed that scene. I thought it was great in the beginning. And uh, Freddie is so supportive of this brother that he just met. But he is so infatuated with the superhero lifestyle. He's like, oh, I got to know about this. He was probably my favorite character was Freddie. But... The parents were awesome. I really liked them. They loved their foster children. Um, I never am an antagonist person, I feel like. I never really care for antagonist roles. Uh, so. so that's your weak point is Mark Yeah, Yeah. I mean, when they give an antagonist, like, stereotypical goofy lines, that's where they start to lose me. And he totally had those lines, so I didn't care for him as much. But I thought that the whole foster family was, the dynamic was just great. I thought everybody did a great job. Yeah, I agree with you almost entirely. Uh, I love the foster family. They're all, they, all the pieces work really well. There's not really anyone I don't like in the foster family. Um, I And I hadn't really known too much about this movie going in. I thought it looked kind of goofy based on the trailers. But I really do like Billy Bats, and I like uh, Asher and Zachary Levi's uh, portrayal of Shazam as you know the kid and the adult version, respectively. I think he works really well. I wasn't expecting it, especially Zachary Levi's adult version. I think oh, he was so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I was worried it was going to be too goofy, but I don't know. It, it was endearing, like it worked somehow. I don't know. I don't know. It was. It's kind of intangible how well it worked, but it did. Um, and what I'll disagree with you on is I like our villain, uh, Thaddeus Savannah. Um, maybe it's just cause I like Mark Strong. I know him from, he was the villain in Kick-Ass. He was, uh, Merlin in the Kingsman movies, which I really love the Kingsman movies and he's great in those. Um, but 
I think because they give him the they give him the first ten minutes, they give him the backstory of why he's. I mean, he's overly evil. Like he takes it too far, but like his reasoning, you you get right off the bat that he, you know, he had a tough life. This is the only way he knows how to deal with it. I mean, he's a foster kid too. Ever like basically, like he he you know grew up with just a dad who was awful and sounds pretty absent after that initial uh, start. And his brother was awful to him. So to me, he's I mean, he's a until a certain scene, he's somewhat empathetic, um, but. I mean, yeah, towards the end he becomes a little cartoony, but I, I give the characters overall four or five. There's not too much weakness here. It's, I guess it's... when you learn the backstory of our um, villain here, and you learn the backstory of Billy, you can see the similarities of where they feel like unwanted and unappreciated. So they definitely have that commonality between them, but the way that they go about it, I just... I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not one for superhero movies like this, but to see two people that have come from similar backgrounds and then go into these roles, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was great. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I think that was definitely the, the character work in this is pretty strong. And um, I guess we're at the point now when Billy gets his Shazam powers, everything from here until, I mean, there's a few slumps, but here to the end is pretty. I'm pretty with it. The beginning is probably the slowest part, and it was still competent. And now we get to a point where like things are ramping up, and it's really entertaining and funny from here on out. We see Billy run away from some some uh, kids who are beating up um, Freddie, and he gets on the subway. Uh, talking about how SEPTA is uh, in this movie, <laughs> the the uh, public transportation I'm service clean. in Philadelphia. <laughs> much cleaner. Much cleaner in this movie than If you're uh, than not our, from our this area and you see that, scene where he is in the septa i have to say i apologize that is not realistic we keep, we keep saying septa for people who don't know septa is the subway system in, yeah in it's not realistic and, whatsoever uh, <laughs> and it, it was but well the old, there was something realistic they had uh the market frankfurt line was a, a poster that was up behind the wall that's like the actual name of that subway system like that that's actually one of the lines that run there so they, they you know they did their accuracy as far as um location they definitely had it, the location cleaned, things in there <laughs> yeah they had a lot of uh, names of this area that were uh, familiar, so I did I did like that too. So the subway does this weird transportation thing, like it did to our antagonist at the beginning of the film. It did with the car that does the same thing with the subway, and he shows up at uh, Shazam the Wizard's lair, and he's looking decrepit as fuck. He's looking worse worse than ever, and he walks up to the wizard, and the wizard starts saying all these weird things to him. He's like. Oh, you are the chosen one, and hold hold my staff, and you will gain my powers. So <laughs> they lost me here a little bit. I don't like corny stuff like that. This was definitely too, like, run of the mill by the book wizard. <laughs> like it's stupid. Well, I like that he like the his first reaction is, "I'm sorry, man, I don't have any money." Like, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah. like he thinks he just got off on the wrong subway stop because it's like this dark, horrible alley and this crazy-looking, homeless-looking guy. Yeah, absolutely. Depending, like, no matter where you are in this country or anywhere where there's a subway system with creepy people, like, you understand this feeling. So, oh, yeah, this I guy, I mean, I like Shazam that. at this point, he, I mean, in 
in the movie he's got to be thousands of years old, but he he looks thousands of years old. He is his beard is crazy looking. He's got like this wild look. He keeps shaking his stick with a glowing rock at the end of it and be like, "Grab my staff and I will give you my powers." <laughs> and this is getting good laughs for the audience. I'm 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 with it here. So he does it. I don't know. Like I guess he just I don't know. He he tells him a good story. He throws like some magic imagery around about how. There was once a hero named Shazam that had all our powers, and he turned evil and unleashed the seven deadly sins. We get a bunch of exposition about how the seven deadly sins came to be the enemy of Shazam and the wizards, and he's the last wizard. So he gives him the powers. Uh, he says Shazam. He turns into Zachary Levi, and then uh, Jamon uh, Hansu disintegrates into dust, and he's gone. So now. Now, now we're with Big uh, Shazam. Now we're with um, Zachary Levi, Billy Batson. And this is when he goes back, he convinces Freddy that um, it's him, but he's turned into a superhero. And the best, this is the best stuff in the movie for me. This 20, it's pretty long. It's like 15, 20 minutes of a mix of montages and te- just him testing his powers out. Oh, so uh, great. <laughs> yeah, like, so they're like, they do like the flying test. They do like the laser eye test. They, uh, but the, one of the first things they do is he he um, goes to like a convenience store and someone's getting robbed there, and they shoot him. And he's they're like, oh, he's bulletproof because he just bounces off. He's like, whoa, and he hands the gun back to him, and he just, like, just keeps shooting him. I but love he's fine. That Freddie is capitalizing on this by putting it on YouTube. Like this is his breaking point. Like he's so excited about it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Freddie is like kind of a weird nerd at school, but now he's got like he's been. He his has, friend is a superhero. Like yeah, this is like. <laughs> The second best thing he could have, the best thing obviously would be him as a superhero. But like now that his friend is, he can he's recording all these videos of them like lighting him on fire to see if he's fireproof. <laughs> this was a they, really good montage, I have to yeah, say. I really they enjoyed go to like, that too. Yeah, like an abandoned warehouse, which yeah definitely <laughs> exists in Philly. I can attest to that. This looks like <laughs> a place you would drive by, and um, he's like punching like pillars out of walls to see how like how strong he is. I like all the fly tests where he kind of floats for a second and then he falls back. Like there's a lot of good those um but yeah this whole montage scene is really good um until the point where billy uh, so billy is billy again he's the kid and uh freddie and they're walking down the hallway in school they get picked on by the bullies and freddie kind of out of line is like oh yeah i know they, they keep saying dumb names for him i know sparky fingers i know like <laughs> like i know i know uh, like what the, the like the crimson flash or the something comedy like was on point at this point like it really could have went downhill with the comedy but the names and just the way he was rolling these names off of him off his tongue like i that was so great yeah, no one's calling him Shazam yet. They're all calling him stupid. I I like Sparky Fingers. <laughs> like it's but it's a bunch of dumb names like that because he shoots. That's one the of his big, big flash and all this shit like that. It was that's really one of his funny. Things, yeah. like, shoot, he shoots lightning, so like it has to be something lightning related. And he also he's we didn't mention he's constantly in this red suit. I don't know. He just can't take it off. I guess like whenever he transforms, he's in this cartoonish red Shazam suit that I guess he probably was in in the comics. Um, that, that makes it, an, uh, that's another good visual gag. Um, and I guess, yeah, before we go any further about when he meets the antagonist for the first time, what did you think of the visual and sound of this movie? Oh, um, I love the sound. They had really good, 
uh, music in this. Unfortunately, I can't remember off the top of my head what songs they had, but they implemented a lot of songs that get you hyped up for the appropriate times. And uh, it was shot really well. I really thought that it was, it looked like something that could happen today that was like in New York City. Like I really enjoyed everything. I thought that the the suit was super cool. It didn't look really goofy. I thought that everything that was happening really felt like something that could happen now. So I really appreciated that. I would give it a four for sure. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's competent. Um, this is probably one of the weaker points for me. It could have to do with their budget being a little bit short. Of I think it's like eighty to one hundred million, which is you know a lot for any movie. But for a superhero movie these days, you know two hundred million is a little more standard. So there's a little a little shy on that. Some of the problems I had with the visual and sound. We haven't talked about the Seven Deadly Sins. When they come out of Mark Strong, they become these like golem looking creatures, and they I. It looks a little dated, to, like it looks a little old, like maybe ten years old. I buy it enough, I guess. But I feel like the whole concept is old. So in order for them to keep it up to date, they had to do something a little different. I guess that makes I just, it like I guess a the Ghostbuster-ish, way, like that's kind of what it reminded me of. It kind of looked look like that, but it's like you know, we're at the point where like CG can make things look pretty real, and if they're gonna be not real, but it's going to be like a monster. You can still make it look like it's in the room. They they just looked a little um, added in to me. They didn't always they didn't always come across as. I mean, it, there were parts where they were effective, but it it looked a little cheesy at times. Um, music wise, nothing really stood out a whole lot to me. Uh, I'm I think there yeah there was some good musical cues in there but I, like I said I can't really remember either I don't think that's it's just not something that sticks a lot of these movies have the like good musical cues and stuff and I'm I think if you look back I'm a pretty generous grader when it comes to visual and sound but for this it was you know a little bit short of the rest of the movie yeah I feel like if you're gonna put modern music or even non-modern music, if you're going to implement popular songs into a feature film, they should be strewn throughout. It shouldn't be like three songs in the movie. And I think that that's what this had. It had three popular songs that get people hyped up. But the rest of the time, there wasn't anything that was like keeping you going. Not to say that this took away from the movie at all, because it didn't. But, no, I'm yeah. I'm nitpicking a little bit. Like as a whole, it worked well. I yeah. liked I liked his lightning fingers. Um, as far as like the actual cinematography of how shots were composed, that was actually pretty good. You can tell because it's not just a lot of over the shoulder, over the shoulder. Like there was a little no, bit more to no. it. No, no, it definitely felt like modern time. That's what keeps me invested in something like this. Like yeah, other than like the the, the seven deadly sin monsters, it didn't feel uh, those felt a little out of place. Uh, dated to me i guess but everything else felt uh kept up with it so yeah three five for me um but we're at the point now where he meets he after getting into a little squabble with um with uh freddie he we meet the uh antag or the the antagonist meets our hero um and he's the only one who could do damage to him because this whole time he's been you know getting shot, lighting himself on fire, blowing up, and he's been fi- jumping over, trying to jump over buildings and, like, jumping through, like, glass and shit, and he's been fine, but now, 
um, Thaddeus Savannah, Mark Strong's character, is actually doing some damage to him. And he's like, only a wizard can hurt other wizards, I guess. So I guess they both have wizard powers. That's what they're going with here. I have to say, meanwhile, this whole time, I'm literally laughing. Like, this movie is funny. It really is. Yeah, yeah we're not saying all the jokes here or there, but like, because it's hard to even remember them all. But like, it's yeah, and it's not even just jokes. It's just they're funny I'm just continuously the whole time. chuckling at these little blurbs that they're putting in through Zachary Levi. I think Zachary Levi is a great person to play this role. Like he does a really good job. They had a lot of people auditioning for this role. Um, you know who the other front runner was? Mm-mm. And it would have ruined this movie in my opinion. Uh, John Cena. What? They they were interviewing a lot of other smaller time actors. There's no way that John, John Cena, Cena <laughs> could have pulled this through the way that Zachary Levi does. Only in the aspect that Zachary Levi is very believable to be this kid's adult version. I think he's good because you don't think of him as someone else. Like other than Chuck, if you don't watch Chuck. Like, what do you really right. know Zachary Levi mm-hmm. in as, you know? I'm sure he's been in other things, but, like, that's probably his biggest role. But nothing that's, like, like defining, defining. He's like, a funny, like, John Cena, you see John guy. Cena, it's and it's John Cena. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt John Cena is John Cena. But Zachary Levi can kind of blend into another character a little he bit He was better, a good so. pick. I'm glad that they picked him through this, because he really solidified this for me. So Mark Strong, Thaddeus puts a herd on Shazam. Shazam gets away by saying Shazam. We didn't mention Shazam. Says Shazam, and he turns into the kid or turns into the, the adult, whatever he's not at the time. That's like his transformation word. Um, so he gets away, um, and he finds his mom. Uh, the the uh, siblings, the other foster kids, are able to help him find his mom. And... Did you think the mom was going to be dead, or did you think she was going to be a bitch? Because those are pretty much the only two options that's in this a, scenario. That's a good question. I didn't think that Because there's no way it was going to be like, oh, she's great, and now he go, you know, runs off the sunset with I the mom expect, while Mark Strong destroys right. everything. Like, that was never going to happen. So. I didn't expect her to be so young. As you learn, she was 17 at the time that she had this child. So, what, was she, like, 18 and a half when uh, he disappeared from her? Well, I think he was probably four or five, so I think she was probably okay. early 20s. Okay. But. Regardless, I did not expect her to be a young mother um, that disowned him on purpose. Like, that was a big thing. Uh, that scene really got to me. I just felt so bad for him when he learned that he wasn't wanted by his own mother. Um, and that caused him so dis- so much distress through his life in the beginning. Like, that... that- took a toll on me and i felt bad for him i really felt something for that character but that mom was a fucking asshole so yeah we get the flashback to the carnival and her perspective and she's kind of tired and then in his flashback she's great and he's great and everything's great and then he gets lost in her flashback everything's kind of mopey and miserable and she's frustrated and she doesn't want lost, him yes and then yeah she sees him with a cop um, but instead of coming forward, she just leaves and doesn't want to anything to do with him. So she kind of runs away and doesn't ever pursue looking for him. And now she's, what is she, like, she's like a grocery, she works at a grocery store because she has the shirt. And and uh, she has, it sounds like she has an abusive boyfriend. Like, you know, it's, it's not like things have vastly improved for her. She's um, doing fine 
But this is a good moment for Billy because he understands what he, the situation he's in now is the best he will ever be. So I really like this scene. I like that um, it gave him validation of what he was doing. So this is, yeah, and the, you know, that, that wraps that part up pretty well. Uh, that little side plot at the beginning. He now kind of accepts that this foster family is his family. Um, so Mark Strong, in the meantime of all this, has kidnapped uh, has kidnapped Freddy. Freddy's unwittingly led him to their house. Um, they kidna- he ki- Him and the, 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 the sin creatures cat- kidnap all the kids, take him to this carnival. Um, and this is where he, this is like the, the final showdown spot. And Shazam, in order to try to defeat the carnival people, he has this weird flashback. And this, I didn't see this coming. I didn't, I don't know if this is part of the Shazam lore of how it works. It kind of makes sense when I think about it, like how Shazam the wizard at the beginning was alone and had all those empty seats and all those other people died. But he takes the staff from Mark Strong, he gets it away from him, and has everyone put their all of his foster siblings put their hands on the staff and they all say shazam and all of the foster siblings turn into shazams they turn into superheroes they all turn into adult versions of themselves but still kids like at heart like he is and now he's got like a whole team to fight mark strong and the seven deadly sins did you see that coming uh no i didn't but i'm really glad that it did and i like a lot of the characters that played those roles. Um, we were talking about this afterwards. Uh, I don't know how many people um, that listen to this podcast have seen my cousin Skeeter <laughs> from the nineties, but Not me. <laughs> um, the oh something you've seen that I haven't seen. There we go. Yeah, so there was <laughs> there was this show in the nineties or early two thousands. My cousin Skeeter and Megan Good was one of the lead roles in that show and she was in this she played darla as an adult which i really liked and the other guy who played the little uh boy came out to be one of the guys from 13 reasons why so this really brings in a lot of pop culture references now and a lot of people who are famous now and you wouldn't expect that and i really famous in quotes i mean okay it's they're, not like they all, it's not like they turn into Brad Pitt like they okay. turn, like they turn into D list. You're com- right, com- but yeah. you're right, but these are things that people reminisce with. So I really appreciated that, and it was a turn I was not expecting. But I'll tell you, I really liked that point, and I really liked how all of those people worked together for the common good of Shazam. Like I just really enjoyed that. I think the most famous of the new Shazam, of like the Shazam alter egos, like adult alter egos, is Adam Brody, is um, Freddy's adult version. I just and can't believe that's him. Like I need, I need to look this him. up right now because I can't believe that he played that. Like, <laughs> it was, it's so that was great. Adam Brody. It's so uh, great. I always, th- I always think of him as like the as the. Um, He's from the OC. Not. Why do you have to name all these TV shows? This is a movie podcast. You, you, you say all these movie <laughs> or TV shows people are from. He's to me. He's the assistant, and thank you for smoking. Like that's what I know him from. <laughs> like I know he's. I've seen him in other stuff, but when I think Jennifer's of Jennifer's body, I just looked him up right now as we're oh, talking. At least that's a movie. <laughs> yeah. So there Anywho, you go. No, this group of adult 
Shazam friends. Like, I loved it. It was so great. I was not expecting it whatsoever. Yeah, the, and they're all learning their powers, too. Um, uh, you got Darla has super speed. Uh, Freddy can fly. Um uh, Pedro's got super strength so they all have their different things and they're all fighting off different sins um, and we get the final face off Mark Strong versus uh, Zachary Levi so Billy versus Thaddeus and this is a, a small weak point in the movie there's this bigger theme with the seven deadly sins he's like oh which one never comes out and we don't know which one doesn't come out because there's the seven deadly sins are not named. They're all like these it's very amp- difficult. So they're all these blobs. Like you can tell which one Gluttony is. Gluttony's the fat one. That's where right. I, I assume- come into. Yeah, I hate like how often the seven deadly sins are brought into a movie theme. I just don't like how it wasn't clear which ones were which because Gluttony's obvious. I think Lust is probably the one with the giant tongue. Um, we learned earlier that Pride Pride was the one with the four arms, but other than that. I mean, it was it was hard for me to tell. Basically, the, the point is, the one that never comes out of Mark Strong is Envy, because I guess he was envious that he never got to be the Shazam powers. He, he never, never had made. a family. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, none of them had a family, though. It's not like he's envious of Shazam. Because, well, I guess he has this foster family. He, his family didn't love him, I guess. And he also probably wondered why he wasn't good enough. But the point is, Mark Strong's Envy... And uh, when Envy comes out of him, that's the last seven deadly sin to come out of his eye thing. He loses his power because the only reason he has these superpowers is because he's got the seven deadly sins in him. And when all seven come out to do other things, he becomes just a guy. Um, so, you know, the, the last sin comes out of him. Um, Zachary Levi defeats him. They all they go back to the the park and they're able to defeat. How what's like the final thing to do to defeat them? So they're like they're in the um, carnival and he has to get that last little gargoyle. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is. This last little thing out of him and the best one of the best scenes is when. He- <laughs> I'm laughing about now. Let's just show what it means to me. Oh, wait, I know what you're gonna say. When he's they're they're yeah, floating they're, across they're from each other. <laughs> and the, what's the guy's name? The antagonist. Mark Strong is. Mark Strong a, is given Thaddeus this like Savannah. extreme spiel about how he's the like the worst person ever, and he. Zachary Liam, I can't fucking hear him. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. That is so. That's a part that's really shot well. He's like he's giving his monologue. He's like. And once I have control, and then it cuts back to hit to Zachary Levi. He's like, and he just sees him floating there, like like you. hundreds of feet away. He's like, "Are you are you monologuing? I, I can't. I don't oh know God. what you're." And then it cuts back to him, and then I will have all of it. And then it cuts. It keeps I'm cutting back and right forth between them. I'm laughing right now because the complete awareness of what's going on is just so great like i love that they put that in you were you were laughing probably the hardest in the theater at that part you were you were dying it's so Um, good okay so i remember how they catch him they he he gets the staff and he gets the eye out of mark strong and he like sucks them all back because they have to pull envy out of him to be able to have zero gargoyles inside right once mark strong is gargoyles they can they can suck them all back up into the eye and they can suck him into the ball and protect the ball, and now they have now they're safe. So, so that's pretty much the end. Um, you see, and then you get like a little end scene where Shazam shows up at 
the, uh, the school uh, for Freddy, and he's like, oh, this is my friend, and then everyone's like all impressed because before he promised he would show up and he didn't. Poor and then Freddy. You see, you see from the neck down a guy who's all muscly, and it's got and it's a Superman suit, so it applies. Oh, I brought my friend Superman. I'm like, eh, unnecessary tack on, but all right, fine. <laughs> so, so, so Shazam and Superman show up at this kid's school on Freddy to help to show that Freddy's But they're all cool. superheroes now. Yeah, now they all have the powers. So uh, uh, I looked it up. We left. Um, we had to pee. Uh, but there <laughs> was two post-credit scenes, kind of like how a Marvel movie would do. The first one is Savannah's in, imprisoned, and he meets this caterpillar creature named Mr. Mind who must be another character from I looked him up he's like a little inchworm kind of guy but he's super smart so he must be like a villain leader enemy of Shazam so implying oh there's gonna be Shazam versus the worm creature I don't know whatever and then um the second post credit scene is Shazam trying to see if he can talk to fish um and then he's like oh this power stupid and because he couldn't do it and you know that's like an aquaman aquaman reference is aquaman marvel or dc aquaman is dc oh okay so i was super surprised maybe other people are not but i was super surprised this was a dc movie i had no idea that this was a standalone no and like dc especially lately has been known for their much darker films for the most part you can compare this movie to like what we were discussing earlier the dark knight or the dark knight rises or whatever like this is really opposite to be fair those were the christopher nolan batman trilogy was made before dc started trying to compete with marvel on a basis of franchising these you know crossover characters those three those three batmans are more like standalones they're kind of yeah. like i know as you'll hear later on in this particular podcast this seems like a very marvel based podcast of the people that are into this but uh, this, not exactly this Only my dc mom is really the... movie like i was really into this i would watch this movie again in a heartbeat and you don't like movies. No, it's crazy. And I would watch this again because I really <laughs> felt engaged and I thought it was hysterical. So we uh, we we land our last rating, the feel and resonance, and it sounds like you really liked it. Number grading, what do you think? Oh, uh, I'd probably give this movie a four. Uh, I really was, like I said, I was engaged this whole time, and I am not the type of person to be engaged through a friggin' superhero movie, let alone something with this. Seven Deadly Sins that has been so overdone throughout movies in the past, but they really took a spin on this, and they put characters and uh, actors in this that are relevant, and I, I, like I said, I laughed the whole time. That's something really important to me, so I have to give this movie a good rating because I would watch this again, no, like, no problem. Yeah, Resonance and Feel, I'm definitely on board with it. I give it a 4-5, actually. I think this is better than, I always say, the sum of its parts. How is this? Because that's what this rating is to me, is you add everything together from this movie. Is it better, worse, or the same as what it should be? And I think this is even better than it should be. It's got good characters that are solidly acted. But everything else is paint by, like, the the plot is paint by numbers, the visual and sound, there's some good moments, but it's nothing really spectacular, and yet, I really like it way more than I guess I should, or thought I would. How do you feel about the part with the wizard in it? 
see, I thought it was going to be campy and corny, but I don't know. I it was, but I kind of rolled with it. I Maybe was like, that's where okay, it lost he has me a little bit. Was that whole part with the wizard coming in? I. I mean, that first third, I guess, is probably the... This is, we should say, this is a long movie. This is two hours, 15 minutes. This is a long movie. But, like, yeah, that first half hour is probably the weakest for me. But I'm still... I still like Billy and, like... the It's still dumb. Like, okay, you have your enemies. You keep them in statues in your palace. And there's a ball of energy across the room that if someone grabs it, they all get released. And your test is to have them get really close to touching it. Like, I'll tell quite, you, I was stopped. excited when I saw that uh, the kid that touched the ball of bad energy, that he came in later. Like, I was excited about that. No, I, f- I figured at the beginning that when they were showing that, I was like, okay, this guy's got to come back, obviously. I figured it would be the antagonist. Uh, that's just from watching, you know, a lot of movies. Like, if you're going to introduce something in the first bit, it's going to come back. I didn't expect it to come back that early. And that you weren't expecting his dad to be alive. No, there's a lot of things about the antagonist I wasn't expecting. I guess that's, even though it felt paint by numbers at time, it really, uh, and that's why I give it a 4 or 5 for Resonance Feel, because even though it feels like paint by numbers, it just, it sings. It really, t- like, I don't know why... I don't know if it's the charisma of it all or like it's just a it's just the right combination of things. But yeah, I really liked how everything came together, and I think it's better than better than it ought to be. Um, but I guess overall, we've pretty much talked about the whole thing. Nicole, would you recommend Shazam? Oh, definitely would. Um, I think if you are a DC fan. If you are a Marvel fan, if you are like my mom, who is a Zachary Levi fan, uh, you're, you're, yeah, seriously, you're a Chuck like, fan. <laughs> you're a Chuck fan. All, like, to all our Chuck fans, uh, to our to our Chuck fan. Yeah, out there. <laughs> I can tell you that I am not particularly a fan of any of those things there, but as a superhero movie, I was completely engaged. I had a great time. It's something that really spoke to me. Um, I laughed the whole time. I would completely, completely uh, recommend this movie to anyone who has children by yourself. It was a good movie. Yeah, it's PG-13, and I think that's the right rating. There's a couple curse words here and there. Nothing overly sexual. I think it's a a good family movie. Uh, Kids, all like... You know, all the way to like eight, seven years old, mm-hmm. and I'll probably enjoy this, like, and and get most of it. So, uh, it's a recommend for me too. And I was not expecting to recommend it. I thought it was gonna be too campy, too kitty for me. It's not. It's really good. It's I a great know. surprise. There, you there's there's problems. That feeling, but it's a great surprise to be excited about this one. Yeah, I was. I'm really happy that I like it as much as I did. I I kind of went in with slightly folded arms, and I came out laughing pretty hard. So, uh, Shazam is Shazam is a good movie. It's a it's a surprise winner from someone who doesn't watch any superhero movies and someone who hasn't watched a DC movie since you know ten years. Don't let that so. fool you. Don't let the DC uh, universe fool you into what you're thinking about this. And honestly. That's another- so, like, yeah, DC has been known to be darker in general than the Marvel Universe. Marvel has been really good at balancing legitimate action and, like, stakes with the comedy. This is, like, the complete opposite of a DC movie up to this point. Like, it, there's, it's not, I mean, even the dark stuff here isn't 
it's comedic dark. Like, the seven deadly sin creatures are creepy looking, but they're not, at no point are you, like, quaking or really worried about them. No, you know what? I have to say, the very first time that we have the young antagonist in there, God, I can't remember his name, but whatever. When we have him in that... Thaddeus Savannah. Yeah, when we have Thad in this (laughs) creepy (laughs) area with these seven deadly sin uh, statues talking to him, I have to admit, I was a little creeped out. It was a little scary, but it was a good feeling because I felt something. Like, it was creepy. Because <laughs> I felt something. Yes. That's the thing is, like, this is this is a movie... DC went from being way more gritty and dark than the Marvel Meteors to this movie is, complete, is way more fun and silly, but still good than the Marvel Universe, so... I mean, we've exhausted it. Superhero movie fans will like it. People who don't watch superhero movie uh, films will like it. Yes, just, it's just a good movie. Um, give it a chance. Uh, so, if you haven't seen it, I mean, if you're listening to this giant spoiler review, I hope you've I hope you've taken the time. But if not, um, it's still even knowing all this, I think it's still going to be really fun. Um, so that's that's our review of Shazam. Uh, coming up this week, we have the long-awaited Pet Cemetery review. We've been talking about it for two weeks at least now, um, and you know that'll be a good one. That'll come out Thursday, uh, and then I think this month we are gonna do another streaming movie. Um, I think it's gotta be streaming somewhere, but it's the 15th anniversary of Shaun of the Dead. Uh, which came out in April. Um, Mama K, I, I mean, I won't give away everyone else's position, but Mama K is a big fan of Shaun of the Dead, so I'm sure she'll <laughs> be on that one. Uh, I'll be on, and we'll have at least one of uh, one of our other co-hosts. Um, and then towards the end of April, you know, we got uh, we got Endgame coming out. May is going to be packed, and we'll probably get some more streaming reviews in this month too. And uh, you know, if if you guys see something you uh, want us to check out, um, films with the women in my life yes, on Facebook. Yes, let us know. Films Women Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can reach out to myself or Jess Khan, Jess, Jess uh, our, our other co-host on Instagram. Um, so yeah, that's that's our. Anything else you have to add before we end the show? No, I am so glad that I got to review this one. I had a great time with it. <laughs> and until next time, everyone. This is Brennan saying, enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.